Welcome to We Got Your Mac from SHI. If you're an enterprise executive or business leader trying to decide if Mac adoption at scale is right for your organization, this is the show for you. In each episode, we dive into what it means to adopt the Mac platform at scale and how to get there quickly with minimum disruption to your users and IT teams. This week's hosts are Victoria Barber and Kevin English. Hi, Kevin. I hear you're being let out of the office this week. Hey, Victoria. I am. Everything's bigger in Texas, so I'm going down to the Jamf Nation User Conference, JNUC 2023. I can't wait. I'm afraid I'm not joining you this year, so I'm going to join virtually from the comfort of my own home in the UK, so probably with a glass of wine for some of the sessions. Well, I'm excited. I mean, JNUC is the place where all of the customers in the enterprise and in the education come to hear the latest and greatest about uh, Apple technology and, of course, any updates on Jamf and, and the Apple ecosystem. So I think you can learn that virtually. You don't have to be in state with me. I expect I'll manage it. I'm sorry I'm going to miss your session, but I've I've just been going through and looking at the agenda and I've done my usual thing of wanting to go to multiple sessions at the same time. But there's some really interesting things that aren't just for, for people who are in admin roles. I know that's what the conference is aimed at, but there's some interesting stuff around innovation um, that I'm really looking forward to listening to. I always get inspired by our customers' problems. If I hear a customer is having a challenge with deploying certain things uh, more than once, then I start building solutions for them. And so in these environments, I get to sit in the back of the room and kind of hear what our customers' pain points are and really start to decide what what our plans are for next year. So you're basically going to be spending a lot of your time, some of your time listening to the sessions and then quite a lot of it uh, chatting to people. Yeah, I'm a social butterfly. And so that's the other part of it is seeing all my old friends from Apple, seeing the folks that have bounced around from different companies and made their, their, their bones as sort of Mac admins that are now business executives and looking to kind of standardize on Mac and the enterprise. So it's really exciting time. I'm looking forward to talking to you when you get back and finding out all the new and exciting things that you've learned. Yeah. And there's some on-demand sessions. If people can't attend, they can always go to uh, jnook.com and they'll be able to, to look at some of the, the on-demand sessions. We'd better get into today's interview then. So we have with us uh, today, Dave Groover, who's a field CTO working with some of our large global customers. And he's going to be here to talk to us about how you decide whether deploying Mac at scale is actually the right thing for you to do. What are the factors you need to take into account when everybody's asking you to do this and you're trying to work out how to do it? But as Dave's going to explain to us, the most important thing is to work out whether you should do it, first of all. He's an expert in this. He's been in the field for 25 years in the seat of a CTO, and he, he can give us some real honest feedback. No fluff. Well, thanks for joining us, Dave, and welcome to this episode of We Got Your Mac. It's great to be here, Kevin. It's good to see you, Victoria. Let's just start with a bit of a background. Tell me about the kind of people you're talking to about deploying Mac at scale. Like what kind of industries, organizations, what are their roles? And are they the decision makers or are they sort of the, the technical resources or both? 
it's a lot of both. You know, the industries we're seeing it, whether it's finance or pharma or high tech or manufacturing, across the board, we're seeing more and more of our customers looking at opportunities to move Max into their business. And a lot of these are sort of Windows-centric companies. So it's a bit of a new thing. You see it across the spectrum. There's some that are just starting out. There are some that are pretty far along the way. We've even got some customers that are already there, right? They've got 40, 50,000 max, but it's it's all across the board. And, you know, the, the people you talk to, it's it's the same. It's the mix, right? You've got the technical people that are worried about how do we get it done? What are the challenges? How are we going to overcome this? They may have some biases. And then you've got the decision makers that want it done and they want it done now, right? It's interesting. You pointed to yourself when you said the technical resource. Do you consider yourself one of the system engineers, the technical resources, and not, say, decision maker? In my old role, I was a decision maker. The typical, I used to have technical chops, and then I got into management, and that all drifted away. But, <laughs> you know, I'd like to think I still have a reasonable view of the technical issues involved in trying to deploy a different platform in an existing environment. With all these people you're talking to, Dave, what are the reasons that they want to go about deploying Mac at scale? What are the drivers for it? You see a variety of things. I mean, one of them is a lot of them want to meet their new employees where they are. The emerging workforce or, you know, sub 30 year old workforce, there are a lot of Mac natives there. They're comfortable with the platform. They know how to use the platform. They're productive with the platform. If they're used to Mac and you give them Windows, it's a bit of a jarring impact. And it can even have an impact on how they perceive that company. So that's one aspect. Another aspect is they're looking for a little more sort of diversity and resiliency rather than just being in a sort of an x86 Windows world. If they can add Mac, they can give themselves some more diversity. They can give them some more resiliency against supply chain issues. And then there's others where they just look at it and think, you know, that's the right platform. It can provide some differentiated value versus their existing Windows world. Or, you know, they may be Chrome or they can have another any number of platforms, but Mac adds to that for them. We wanted to explore in this episode whether people should deploy Mac at scale, how to work it out. So I guess there's two sides to that, and we'll probably explore them in more detail. But high level, why should people and why shouldn't they? Why should this stay perhaps as a niche offering rather than at scale? Probably the number one thing is application compatibility. And you sort of see some general alignment an older, more mature company with older apps that was built in, perhaps, you know, built on a Windows platform. They've got thick client apps that are run. They may have challenges running those on Macs. If those are critical business applications, that's going to limit who your targets for those Mac devices are. That's probably number one. It kind of comes down to personas, right? Can you find personas that will benefit from this platform? And can you identify real benefits? Maybe you get better total cost of ownership out of your Mac because you get a longer life cycle and you can potentially reduce help desk calls, you know, excellent hardware quality that has less warranty calls. Things like that can be an advantage, but you've got to offset that against app compatibility. Is your infrastructure compatible? Do you have the right tools to manage Macs? You start delving into that. Now you're getting into the whole business case of, okay, if we do this, what are all the things that we need to account for to make sure the Macs will run effectively? And what are the cost of those actions and how do they offset the cost and benefits of the devices themselves. So when you talk about critical applications, let's just get into that. Are you talking about Office, the Office suite, like Excel, PowerPoint, that? That's the easy button, right? I mean, that's the beauty of it these days, right? With all these, you know, 
everybody's gone to the cloud. Yay, we're running on other people's servers. But the reality is if you're using Office 365 or you're working on a lot of web-based apps, Salesforce is a good example, or maybe using the Google suite, whatever, you're going to be fine with a Mac. So productivity suites are fine. The um, CRM suites are SaaS-based. So what are the, the challenges? Let's say you've got a work order entry system, right? You're a manufacturing company of some sort, and you've got this work order entry system that's homegrown, that was built on Windows. And it's the thing's old enough to drive, vote, and drink, right? It's been around for years, right? And how do you adapt that app that was focused on Windows to run on Mac? The cost of that could be exorbitant. A lot of our companies, right? They're in that move to cloud motion. So there's the companies that are doing just Lyft, and shift. And there are companies that are doing adaptation of those applications to be efficient on cloud. That second category where they're adapting probably has a better chance. But again, it's those old apps that the company is really reliant that are just really embedded in the company that can sort of have that challenge for you. You've got to have a look at your entire ecosystem if you really want to understand whether this is the right thing to do, which I guess brings you into the whole thing about the personas, because what they're using may well be what decides whether that person in that role is going to be productive. So can you give us examples of what might make a great candidate persona for having a Mac? Obviously, creatives, because creatives generally gravitate towards the Mac. It's a great platform for that. So if you've got people in your group that are in marketing or they're doing video production or they're doing, you know, content development, those right away, those are sort of the obvious ones. A lot of other ones, again, we would go back to this idea. If you're a company that's using things like Salesforce and SaaS-based apps, perhaps your own Salesforce is a good candidate. Some developers, depending on what your development applications are can be a good candidate. You flip the corner and, you know, is Mac the right thing to have out on a manufacturing floor? Maybe, maybe not, but tens, you know, in those cases where you tend to have a lot more legacy apps, you've got much slower pace of change and development. You tend to be straddled with older applications, maybe not the best fit. And so I think one of the things is really to think about these personas and the way I think about personas, it's sort of this expanding circle, right? At the center You've sort of got commonality. Everybody needs to have email. Everybody needs to have collaboration tools. Everybody needs a certain security suite, right? And then you maybe go from there to, okay, we've got task workers and knowledge workers that are a little, they have some different characteristics. And, you know, can you span both of those? Or, hey, maybe, you know what? Our task workers have just so many of these legacy apps, they're out of scope, but our knowledge workers, let's work on that. And then with the knowledge workers, you're going to have, you know, engineers, sales, finance, HR, things like that. And you just have to go through and it takes a little time, but it's not just for Max, right? It'll benefit you across your entire business if you really understand your personas, because then you can do real smart application assignment, right size your hardware, don't be buying pickup trucks for people that are, you know, just going to the grocery store. You hit on a point that is interesting because I, I feel that some of the customers that I talk to start with those edge cases or that 20% that need that workforce management tool that you were talking about. But you just said, if you start with the critical applications, email, productivity suites, security tools, that could account for 80% of your organization. Absolutely. And you've just got to do that. Hopefully you've got tools. If you've got a tool like SCCM or Mass360 or whatever your configuration management tools are, 
they should be able to tell you who's running what, who's got what on their machines. And you can do things like when SCCM, you can run the reports of who's used what in the last 90 days. You'll always find where somebody says, I've got 40,000 copies of this, but only 10,000 people are using it. They've just deployed it and they're paying for it. That's a whole other savings opportunity, different podcasts. The data is out there. You've just got to get it and then, you know, sort of organize it and to make your decisions. Are you going to be able to use the same tools to support your Mac users and manage those Macs? Are you going to need new tools? Because we know IT like to have new shiny things. Are you going to have to learn to use the existing tools differently? Am I, am I allowed to say it depends? No, because that's an analyst uh, or a consultant answer. <laughs> yeah, it, it, but it does depend, right? There's certain tools if you've got something like Microsoft Intune. If you're a Microsoft shop and you're using Intune, you can manage Macs. If you're using something like IBM's uh, Mass 360, you can manage Macs. If you're more legacy using SCCM, you're out of luck. You're going to need another tool. But then within that, the next decision is, you, this is where you've got to, again, step back. What are my requirements? What do I need to manage on those Macs? And can I do it with, if I have an existing tool, does it meet those requirements? What, what about the team? I mean, you got the requirements down, and but what about the team? Does your team even know how to manage Macs, or, or are they very much Windows-centric, and you have to upskill them as well? Yeah, I, th I think a lot of cases they'll be Windows-centric, and you may have to upskill. I think you'll also find if you talk to your staff, you've got technology people or technology people. They like, as Victoria said, they like new shiny things. Kevin, you're a good example. You live in our world. It's kind of a win. We have a lot of Windows users, but you're a Mac guy, I am. right? You know it. And so you find those people within your within your technical teams that actually have that sort of passion for a different platform, and they can become sort of your leaders of the charge. They can lead. They may need more skills, but they're passionate about it. So they're ones that are going to lean in, and they can bring some others along. And, you know, you can also augment staff. There's a number of ways to do it, obviously. But, yeah, you typically need slightly different skills, and I think you need a little different mindset. One of the mistakes I think some companies do is if they're Windows-centric, they buy Macs, and then they try to manage them exactly the same as Windows devices. When you do that, you don't really take advantage of the differentiation in the platforms, right? You know, we, we always talk about in other worlds, right? Diversity is king, right? That yeah. different views, thoughts, it's always really good. Well, it's the same thing with platforms. Diversity can be a good thing, but you've got to allow that diversity to come up. You can do different things from a security perspective on Mac than you do on a Windows. Mm -hmm. And so it helps to understand that. It sounds like there's a lot to dig into there. And maybe we need to get a couple of guests along later in, in the series to talk about both management and security in more detail, because it sounds like there's an awful lot we've got to unpick there. What I'm going based on is unified endpoint management, right? This holy grail of single pane of glass. What Dave is saying, diversity is okay, especially as it pertains to Mac. It all depends on your requirements from your company. Is that what you're telling us? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree. The single pane of glass is sort of the holy grail, right? And there are tools out there can do, that can do it. Can they do it to your requirements? That's the key. You've got to understand your requirements. But that certainly is where the world is heading. I like the diversity in the platforms that can provide you differentiated capability and to really take advantage of that on the platform itself. I see. I'm kind of with you there because people talk about a single pane of glass, but I'm not sure I necessarily want that flat single pane of glass what I want is really good information and the ability to look at it from different directions to see what I want. So 
it's almost not having a single pane of glass and flattening out all of the information from different places, but actually bringing it in all into one place, regardless of the source. So using the best tool, best source of information, and then having somewhere where I can interrogate that information. I think as Kevin was talking about oversimplification, I think the single pane of glass things maybe oversimplifies things as well, because where they, you do have the diversity, it kind of blurs it away. So we hit a lot of great points, Dave. Thank you for, for joining this episode of We Got Your Mac. But before we go, what would be the last tip you want to leave for our audience? I would ask, if you're thinking about Mac, think about it in terms of total cost of ownership. And so think about device acquisition cost. That's part of it. Think about the device lifecycle length. So think about that, break that down on an annual cost versus maybe what you're doing with your existing platform. Think about any additional infrastructure costs any skilling that you might have to train people up, but also think about savings you might get in terms of lower support costs. And then also it's harder to quantify, but start digging into employee satisfaction and engagement. Are they happy with it? Yep, that can have a big impact. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, Dave. So just to summarize, you had five questions that you said people should be asking to work out whether Mac at scale's right. So. Will the critical business applications run on, on Mac? Can you define your personas that are really going to benefit from using Mac? Making sure that you you understand the level of understanding your IT team have of, of the Mac ecosystem. And that might not be what you think it is because they might be passionate about Mac, just not currently using it in, at work. Checking that your existing configuration management platform will support Mac the way that you need it to and checking that your security systems are also compatible with Mac in the way that you need them to be. If you can check all those boxes, you're on your way to the races, right? And it's just understanding those will really help you. Well, great. We'll have to have you back just to talk a little bit more about the total cost of ownership. I really do think most, most of our customers are looking at it from the device cost level and all the things you just rattled off there would be interesting as, a, as another episode. Dave, thanks for coming on. We got your Mac. Thanks very much, Dave. We Got Your Mac is produced by SHI International, a trusted global provider of end-user computing, hybrid infrastructure, and cybersecurity solutions to many of the world's most demanding technology users. SHI has more than 20 years' experience helping private and public sector organizations adopt Apple technologies and is an authorized Apple reseller. To be the first to hear or watch new episodes, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform and hit the notifications icon. Visit WeGotYourMac.com or SHI.com to solve what's next in delivering Mac at scale across your organization.